A few years back, I was looking to attend the Monaco Ocean Week. I found it to be, you know, a one place where a lot of people were going to and where topics of the plastics in the ocean, as well as many others around the oceans, were being addressed. That's pretty much how I discovered the rest of the work. I mean, I knew they had a, an oceanographic museum, but I didn't realize the depth and the history it had. And from then on, I started looking at all the people participating in this event. And one of them was Peter Thompson, whom I thought was particularly, was offering a particularly interesting profile. I did not attend that year, the Monaco Ocean Week, so I did not meet any one of the people I was looking forward to. That being said, a few years later, I was at Change Now in Paris, actually. We're in 2020 at this point, right before the, pan the pandemic um, reset everyone's schedules and agendas. Uh, probably not the agendas, but the schedules. So here's the one chap of whom I knew very little about, and I'm going to choose to share some information about him today. I did see him speak. I was pleasantly surprised. And I thought that he is the most militant person I've seen coming out of something that bears a United Nations flag. And um, I actually have run into and seen many people. And I always find that they, they are, they've uh, grown into their positions and they do a great job at what they do. However, uh, a lot of people do not relate to them the same way that they think they're being related to. And it's normal because it's a big institution and so forth. So... Um, people sort of look at it as, uh, okay, it's part of a bigger organization. They have no lateral mobility, etc. So, quite to the contrary, I think all these organizations are necessary. And everyone is an actor in this uh, matter of addressing climate change. So, um, with regard to the ocean specifically, I'd like to share right now a few words on Peter Thompson. And I found all these articles on Al Jazeera. Peter Thompson is the United Nations Secretary General Special Envoy for the Ocean and co-chair of Friends of Ocean Action. In 2016 and 17, he was actually president of the United Nations General Assembly. So he shared a uh, an article that, as a UN Special Envoy for the Ocean, um, in 2021, on the 13th of January, so not that long ago. And I'd like to read it out to you. What can corporations do to help save the ocean? We cannot have a healthy planet without a healthy ocean. But the health of the ocean is now in a clearly observable decline. It is folly to imagine we can solve the global challenges posed by climate change by simply leaving the ocean alone. Of course, we need to allow ecosystems to recover and regenerate, but for reasons of food security and positive economic activity, we also need to give tangible support to more sustainable ocean business and production practices. The ocean's main industries contribute more than 1.9 trillion a year, that's in dollars, US dollars, to the global economy. A new study by Duke University in the United States and the Stockholm Resilience Center in Sweden titled The Ocean 100 shows the 100 largest transnational corporations account for 60% of these revenues. This study suggests that by working closely together with these keystone businesses, we could set new standards for how we manage our one shared ocean. 
As a supporting member of the high-level panel for a sustainable ocean economy, I agree. Our work has shown that targeted areas of ocean action could reduce the emissions gap, which is the difference between emissions expected if current trends and policies continue, and emissions consistent with limiting global temperature increase by up to 21% on a 1.5 degree Celsius pathway. Thus, we need to urgently accelerate our efforts to ensure a transparent, science-based approach to solutions to systems such as sustainable ocean-based food production, energy from offshore wind, decarbonization of shipping, and the conservation and restoration of wetlands, mangroves, and seagrass beds. We know that largely through the development of sustainable mariculture, the ocean could produce up to six times more food than it currently does. We also know the ocean could produce 40 times more renewable energy than it does today. Making investments in these areas could both help to mitigate global climate change and revolutionize for the better the lives of millions of people. For too long, there has been a serious disconnect between our scientists, governments, and the large transnational corporations that dominate the ocean economy. Proper protection of our shared ocean means changing the way government scientists, the private sector, and citizens work together to achieve sustainable outcomes. In his recent Wreath lectures, Dr. Mark Carney, the United Nations Secretary General's Special Envoy on Climate Action and Finance, argued that we cannot achieve net zero, net zero carbon emissions without the innovation, investment, and profit provided by the market. But Dr. Carney says the power of the market must be directed to achieving what society values, and he warns there is a precious, a precious little tolerance remaining for companies that preach green but don't manage their carbon footprints. In their study, The Ocean 100, the authors argue that focusing on the improved stewardship of a relatively small number of large corporations in tandem with ongoing regulatory efforts could have a massive impact on the ocean's economy. This paper is built around the idea that the largest companies in a given industry can operate similarly to keystone species in ecological community, communities by having a disproportionate effect on the structure and function of the ocean economy. A starting point for working together with this powerful group of corporations could build on the success of the Seafood Business for Ocean Stewardship CBOS, initiative, which was launched in 2016. CBOS has already used a science-based keystone approach with 10 of the, of the world's largest seafood companies to build greater transparency and stewardship across the entire sector. This represents a huge step forward in the history of seafood production, with major companies across wild capture, aquaculture, and feed production jointly committed to science-based targets for ocean stewardship. The Ocean 100 paper proposes a similar voluntary approach which could catalyze the shared understanding of their role in the sustainable blue economy. Building shared commitments to sustainable practice could help, then, uh, to set new industry norms that could cascade through all ocean industries. In the same vein, it is worthy of further consideration that creating a global ocean tax on just 0.1% of the revenues of the top 100 transnational corporations in the ocean industry could yield $1.1 annually for investment in ocean conservation and the development of the sustainable blue economy. Improved legislation and greater consumer demands could also be combined with economic incentives from financial institutions to encourage these corporations to integrate environmental and social responsibility into their operations. 
Because 60% of these 100 corporations are already publicly listed, stock exchanges and shareholders should also play their part in observing ocean stewardship responsibilities. Despite the challenges of dealing with such a diverse, complex and sometimes opaque group of corporations, none is exempt. The world is demanding greater action by all on sustainability. The chaos wrote by the no novel coronavirus has brought home the fragility and resilience of humanity and the natural environment on which we all depend. For the United Nations, 2020 had been billed as a super year for the environment. But the pandemic intervened, and now it is 2021 that could prove to be our turning point on both climate change and halting the decline in the ocean's health. This year marks the start of the United Nations Decade of Ocean Science for Sustainable Development, designed to give us the science we need for the ocean we want. Concurrently, we are now engaged in the build-up to United Nations Climate Change Conference to be held in Glasgow in November, the time and place for humanity to call for a halt to our war on nature by agreeing on necessary controls on the levels of our greenhouse gas emissions. To address global challenges such as climate change, we need to shift our outdated perceptions of the ocean as a passive and often distant victim of human activities. Everything is connected and we must all acknowledge our roles and responsibilities as leaders, employees, citizens and consumers. We live in an era in which we have finally learned the extent of the damage we have done to nature and the health of the ocean. We should now look to the Ocean 100 corporations to help play a major role in correcting our ways. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed it. As you will notice, he brings people together and um, in his conversation, and he looks to, and he does this during his uh, presentation, which I was lucky to, to, to witness and be present, where he calls people to act and to write to whoever is their local representative to bring this point to attention as we're all on the quote-unquote same boat. So I hope you enjoyed this. I found another article which I should share in a separate recording. Thank you very much for listening and until the next recording.